Well, this is a uh, a very awkward conversation to have with uh, non-Phillies fans. But um, as a Phillies fan, uh, we are prepared for this moment. Uh, it's the time of year again when we have to explain why we're so bad against the Miami Marlins every single time. Hello, everybody. Sorry for that... Uh, that rate change in tone. I am Riley Rich. We're back with episode number three of It's Always Sunny in South Philadelphia. And today we're going to look at the disappointment, the disappointment that has been on display in South Philadelphia so far in a baseball field near you. The Phillies had their first divisional tests of the year. They had a home series with the Mets and a road series in Miami against the Marlins, the last place Marlins. Keep that in mind as we go forward. It was a very interesting week. Uh, a few ups, a lot of downs. Oh my god, a lot of downs. We'll get into that. And we'll also get into the reason why. I like to explain this in the, uh, in the description, but I don't really say it out loud. We like to look at the reasons why. I, don't, I really don't like the idea of pointing fingers at people and not explaining myself. I think this, the point of this channel is to explain the Phillies' failures and then explain how to fix them. Quite simply. So yes, so the Phillies had a home series of the Mets and a road series with the Marlins. Let's start from the top on April 11th. I was actually streaming this game. I stream Phillies games. I will actually be streaming... The day that you are seeing this, I believe this is coming out on April 18th. Sorry for that. Uh, this will be coming out on April 18th. So take a, so keep your eye out. Uh, follow the socials, especially Instagram, iassp.podcast, uh, where you will see information regarding tonight's stream. Uh, there, I'll get to that in a second. I'll get to that at the end of the episode. But, uh... Yeah, so I was streaming this game on April 11th, and it was not a fun first eight innings. No, it was not. Uh, Alec Bohm, oh buddy, we'll get to talk about Alec Bohm. This is almost his entire, his, uh, uh, a dedicated episode for him. So he had three throwing errors, and people were reasonably angry. And this is, this is time for me to be the mediator and entertain both sides. Look, as Phillies fans, we saw this coming. This team is quite literally error-ridden. We are an error-ridden squad. We contain errors. We will have errors. Do we talk about Muzziatis from Sunday? No, not as much as Alec Bohm's because of quantity. Alec Bowman with three throwing errors. His defense is not the thing why the Phillies have him. The reason why the Phillies got him with this very early in the 2018 draft was because of his bat, and we'll get to that later. But Alec Bowman with three throwing errors. The Mets were able to advance because the throws went into right field, and the Mets came and Mets found a way to drive him in. It's as simple as that, and we'll get. And we'll talk about that as the episode goes on. That the difference between the Phillies and whoever they play is per is production at the plate. 
and it's kind of funny talking about that when we're the squad that when we're the squad that's supposed to be hitting all of the home runs and driving people in, and I see it's it's ironic that we're the ones that are having problems with run production. It's like the New York Giants last year, and I'm pretty sure I said that in the last episode as well. But I mean, pitching did the best it could. I mean, you can't really blame can't really blame Ranger Suarez. He only went two and two thirds. That's because he got a high pitch count. He was up near 60. Everybody knew coming in that Ranger Swartz was going to have a low pitch count. Girardi said it was going to be near 60. He hit that pretty early. The Mets were the Mets were working the counts. We were giving them extra outs. And Ranger was taking out the bullpen, by the way. I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to go into in-depth on every game. But the bullpen all around has been pretty good. It's not as bad as a problem as we think. Uh, Andrew Bellotti has been getting a lot of work. Uh, James Norwood came in a few times in Miami. Saranthi has done the best he could, or done really well. Brad Hand, Jose Alvarado, those are guys that we've been seeing a lot, a lot, and they've been doing really well when they've come into the game. And also Christopher Sanchez, I think, came in. He gave a few runs, but he was still very serviceable. And but the story. From April 11th, and I was and I kept saying this every inning. Nick Nelson, he came in for near four or five innings, and he tossed the ball perfectly, or not perfect, but he was getting outs. He was doing things correctly. He he picked his teammate up. He picked Ranger Suarez up. Props to Ranger Suarez. But the thing that people remember about that game on last Monday was the 8th inning. And we talked last year for Season 1, we talked about the Phillies and the difference between station-to-station and dual-threat offense, which which are the two things that the Phillies could have done and were successful with. You saw saw dual-threat on display. You got runners on and you're driving them in with home runs. It starts with a single, JT hit a, a clutch home run, and then you're seeing multiple doubles down the line, in the gap. The ball is being hit on a line perfectly. They're not worried. The hitters are not worrying about where they're trying to take the ball. They're making contact. That's all that matters. It's trust. It's belief. JT with a home run. Reese hit, a de- hit one down the line. Alec Bone with a single that started the whole thing. He started off with three errors at, at the start of the game and then started the biggest rally and the most important thing about this game. And then, of course, Brad Hand came in and finished it off with a clutch strikeout in a very solid ninth inning. So the Phillies got it. It must be a 5-4 win. Momentum was riding. And then we get to April 12th and the rest of the week. And we talk about what, what happened. Like, why was this happening? Why did the Phillies go 1-5 the rest of the weekend? Well, here's the reason why. They left runners on base. They got runners on. They got... 
The problem isn't that we're not being... Per well, the problem is, is that... The problem is, is we have runners on. We're getting the base hits. We're starting off each inning. And then we can't finish it. We can't finish the job. Good teams find a way and or find a way to finish games. To finish innings the way that they want to. The Phillies have not been able to do that. Tuesday wasn't as bad. They only left five runners on, but it was a close game. Runs were hard to come by. Props to Wheeler for coming back. Uh, he did very he did okay. Velocity has been down for Zach Wheeler, but again, it was it's kind of like the it's kind of like the stamina thing that I was talking about earlier. There was a week cut off from spring training, so things still have to be worked out. I believe it's the same thing with Velo. We'll see it back up to normal in May. Is that is that optimal? No. He's also having a three month lockout. Optimal? No. We just have to deal with it. Five runs on. No clutching whatsoever. The Mets. Had a runner on second, the top of the eighth. The the deciding factor was their second run because they were able to get it in, in the bottom of the in the top of the eighth. That's when we knew that this game. That's when I knew that this game was over because the Phillies wouldn't be able to do that. They did not show they were able to cash in the runners on base. They didn't. And Brandon Nemo with the home run as well. April 13th, Wednesday, was an afternoon game against the Mets. Usually the Phillies do really well in afternoon games. The, the theme is like, maybe you lose the first two night games and the afternoon game comes around and you're able to salvage a game. That's usually what it was last year, especially with the series that I went to against the Giants. But uh, the thing about the team as well, we also... I saw a meme on Twitter where they have um, like, like the office meme... Of uh, the two different pictures, and they're the same picture. One of them was the 2012 through 2021 Phillies, and the other one was the 2022 Phillies. Guys, nothing's changed. The team does not learn. The pitchers didn't learn. Kings in point. Brandon Nimmo had a home run yesterday. Should, in theory, at least this maybe this might just be a personality thing. It might just be something about me. Where I'm not going to attack the same guy in the same spot. I'm going to look to go outside to a lefty. Because lefties like to pull the ball more than righties. That's why you see when lefties face other lefties, it's more of a problem than when righties face righties. Also, the amount of lefties out there, and etc. But, Nemo is straight up to the plate. And Aaron Nola is on the mound. Aaron Nola threw him... A hanging breaking ball. And it wasn't even that bad. But it was still like knee. Or maybe like thigh high. Somewhere in between the belt and the knee. Thigh high. Aaron, or Brandon Nemo put a good swing on it. And he gave him the lead. And P. Alonso also had a home run. And the game got out of hand by, the, by then. No I mean pitchers don't learn. They didn't learn. Nine runners were left on base. In the game on Wednesday, five on Tuesday. Again, runners on base is not getting runners on is not the problem. The problem is production once they're on base. And I didn't 
I took it light. We knew how good of a team the Mets were. I mean, uh, sure, low Mets is a thing, but they made a lot of good offseason moves. They have an owner that likes to spend. So now you play a team like the Marlins, who had one win, one singular win, going into the weekend. They played at the Giants, they played at the Angels, they had a West Coast swing, they came back home and faced us. And... The series against the Marlins showed everything wrong with the Philadelphia Phillies. Here's what I mean. When you watch... I mean, again, another game that I live stream. When I watch those games, when I watch the games against the Marlins, it's something so simple that the Phillies just can't counter with. It's the shift. The Marlins doubled down on the shift. Now, what I mean by that is, it did usually like there's like a like a shift in baseball would be like if you have the most common one, and the one that the Marlins deployed was having three infielders on one side of the field, and when it was especially on the right side, so like lefty pole, so maybe something against Schwarber and Harper. The Marlins third baseman, especially for Thursday, was Joey Wendell. Wendell can also play second, so Wendell would shift in between second and first, kind of like in shallow right. The ball would be hit on the ground to them, and that's how they got double plays as well. It was only two, but they just came at the worst times. But the... The Phillies were just killed by the shift. They just kept hitting ground balls. And the thing about it was, again, we got runners on. The Marlins weren't scared. They doubled down on the shifts. They had their shifts on with runners on. Usually if you're at a shift, you have double play defense where you have the second baseman and the shortstop closer to second base on each side. They had the three guys on, like the three guys, if Schwarber would be up, they would have three guys to the right of second. And the third baseman would kind of be where the shortstop would be in double play depth, in double play shift, double play depth, and it worked. They got the ground ball. The Marlins kept getting the ground ball right into the shift. There's nothing the Phillies could do about it. They weren't getting the ball in the air. This is when we talk about launch angle, especially with this team. If you're, I mean, it's like if you're my age or if you're young, you're taught by coaches. There's a thing called launch angle, but don't worry about it because it's not going to matter to you because if you use it. It's just going to be a fly ball. The Phillies have the power where if they focus on launch angle, then it could possibly go somewhere. And they just didn't get it. And this is what I was saying before. Underrated part of this game was that the bullpen shut it down when Andrew Bellotti, James Norwood come in and get the job done. But unfortunately, it's just not enough. The Phillies just couldn't do anything on offense. They got a bid going at the end, but it was the final score is 4-3. to three. And not really much you can do. Um, Friday, the team went 0 for 9 with teams with in runners in scoring position, and Miami got triples. They were Miami has the speed where if they can hit it down the line, some a guy like Jesus Sanchez or Jazz Chisholm, I believe they were the two got that got triples, can run around the bases and start something for for Miami, and they did. And they certainly did. Phillies don't have that type of speed. They're not really that team. They're not really built that way. But, however, 
I mean, again, you got to... A good team knows how to cash guys in. It can't all be home runs. I know it's something that we all want. But there's got to be a point where you got to be able to, draw, to drive guys in. And they weren't. They went 0 for 9. If you're 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position, you're not going to win games. Now, if you're 7 and 12 with runners in scoring position like the team was on Saturday, now we're talking. Again, kind of a flashback to last June where I made an episode called Red Jerseys and Momentum, where we were talking about the red jerseys and how it sparked the offense. It kind of did the same thing in 2022. 7-for-12, team runs in scoring position. Johan Camargo and Bryce Harper, two two-out RBIs, respectively. They got offense. They got clutch hitting. They got runners in scoring position. They were able to drive them in, especially with two outs, and that is the difference between the domination that the Phillies get when they're winning, whatever it was, and your 4-3 to three losses. That's the difference between your 10-3 to three wins and your 4-3 to three losses. And, I mean, not to add on, Ranger Suarez went from 2-2 two two thirds to 5 innings. I mean, he didn't need to be perfect with... The, with the guys hitting in clutch scenarios, but he did very well for himself. Then we get to Sunday. Sunday is kind of the same point. I'm, gonna, I'm hitting the nail on the head here. Eight runners were left on. Zach Wheeler won three innings. They can't really, like, they, they depend on Wheeler. They depend on their starting pitching, and right now they can't really do that because of the way that spring training played out. In the way that like Wheeler can't get his velocity up yet, and also the Marlins kept driving guys in, kept working the count, kept getting singles and whatever, doing exactly what the Phillies did on Saturday. So the Marlins did on Sunday, and that's how they won. And that's how it was a blowout. Again, conclusion here: the difference lies within the runners left on base. The team can't be a home run machine. I know it's the modern offense, but it just doesn't work. The proof. It's been the last week for the Philadelphia Phillies. Talk about this team being an experiment. There you go right there. You need to drive runners in and scoring position. If you can't, then you're not going to win. So, going from major leagues to down on the farm, I actually have fans' perspective for you guys. And this right here, pretty cool moment. That's uh, Ronald Torres right there. I'm actually just going to put this right in the background. Right here, so that should be in the background of every video now. Oh my goodness. Don't even get me started on the minor leagues. Let's talk about AAA, because I have a fan's perspective for you, and that's why I'm wearing this hat today. It's Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs hat, because we have a fan's perspective to tell you. I went to the AAA game on Saturday, and oh god, it was a massacre. Now. They played the Red Sox AAA affiliate, the Worcester Red Sox. Here's the thing. When you look at the way the Worcester Red Sox are built, they have a bunch of former major leaguers and a bunch of top prospects. The Phillies don't really have that. They don't have the top prospects yet. All of ours are down in Class A, Class A Advanced. We're not ready for that yet. Our, our time will come in three years. AAA time will come in three years. They went 2-4. They actually won 19-11 on Sunday, but they lost, I believe, 13-1, the game that I went to. 
they just couldn't do anything. I mean, it was just sad. Balls were carrying. Lehigh Valley shifted like the Marlins, and every time that a lefty came up, it just went right through them. Like, Therese was playing second, and I'm sorry, Therese, but kind of let the ball through. Kind of a bit. Also, game that I, or Saturday game, Roman Quinn was not playing. Nick Maton was not playing. Now, I get it's a six... It, I get that it's a six-game week, six-game series, and you need to bench, guys, but it's just sad we need to do it all at once. There's a need for Roman Quinn. I don't know about you guys... I don't feel confident with Muzziotti in the major leagues. I feel like the Muzziotti, nothing against him. I think he just needs a bit more time in the minor leagues. And I think if we need to speed up Roman Quinn to make sure he's big league ready, ready so that we can make that switch. A top performance, I saw Donnie Sands and Mark Appel were the best players in AAA. I mean, best of the worst here. They won 2-4. and four. I, I mean, I guess it really isn't bad when you compare them to the rest of the of the system. Double A. Uh, the Fighting Phils played at home against Akron. They are the double A affiliate of the Guardians. Jared Ortiz, Francisco Morales, and Jonathan Guzman were your top performers there. Uh, Class A Advancia, Jersey Shore. They won. They played at Brooklyn. The, the Mets affiliate, they got destroyed. They went 1 5. Uh, Nick Matera had actually a really good start in the beginning. I didn't really highlight him, but he. He did okay. And then Griff McGarry got his first inning of work. Uh, I believe he had two strikeouts. So very good work for Griff McGarry. Hopefully it leads to a very good season for him. And then Class A Clearwater. They went 1-5 against the Mets affiliate. That would be at St. Lucie. Yadiel Sanchez, the right fielder, came out of nowhere. Had a very, very good week. Uh, he was not at the top of the top of the leaderboard in Team OPS, but he was, today, but he was after this week. And I just want to point out that Andrew Painter had 16 strikeouts in 7 innings so far. Very good sign of things to come. So, we're near the end of this episode. So, I have this right here. And it is time to award this bad boy. It is time to pick out this week's Philly of the Week. So, last week it was Kyle Gibson for 7 inning performance with 10 strikeouts against the Oakland A's. And this week, like I said, last week was between Gene Segura and Kyle Gibson. This week I had it between Nick Nelson and Alec Bone. Nick Nelson pitched four plus innings against the New York Mets. And the, the one that I decided with was Alec Bone. Now, I know it's pretty interesting considering the three errors, but he exemplifies what it means to be a Philadelphia Philly. That's what this award is for. The best Philadelphia Philly. Now, Boom exemplified what it means to be a 2022 Philly. Did he have three errors? Yes. But here's the thing. He has a 14.06 OPS this year. He has a 6.36 average. And I know I don't care about bad average, but 14.06 OPS. That is over league average for sure. And that is why Alec Boom will be walking away with... With episode threes, or the second edition of Philly of the Week. Not sponsored yet. So, that is going to do it for this episode. The one thing I wanted to conclude on was the live streams. Um, again, this is going to be going out on April 18th. So, check the socials, especially on Instagram. IASSP.podcast. Twitter should be at IASSP podcast. 
for information on live streams. I live stream the Monday game on Twitter. That's not happening anymore. All of them are going to be on YouTube. So go check. I should have it in the description of the of the podcast episode. If you're listening on Spotify or somewhere else like Google or Apple, it should be in the description. I don't think I got links to work, so try your best to copy-paste. I'm so sorry, but I'll work on that. Um, YouTube, just, you're already there. Just go there. Uh, the Phillies will be playing at Colorado, so they'll be starting a bit later. So I believe that game's on eight at 8.40. Although, I'll leave a poll for you guys. Uh, I'll leave a poll on Insta, Instagram uh, if we want to get started early because our fellow Philly friends in the Philadelphia 76ers have made the playoffs and are playing game two on Monday. So we'll see what we're going to do about that. But thank you guys for watching this episode of It's Always Sunday in South Philadelphia. I definitely covered for last episode with the time. Nice job by me. But So the Phillies will be played at Colorado and versus Milwaukee. So that will be the next two series we talk about next week on the podcast. So thank you guys for listening and dealing with this. Make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen. And make sure to stay subscribed. We had near 20 on Monday on the YouTube channel. Now it's down to 9. What happened? Also, Instagram, thank you. I have a very good friend community. We're up to 18 on Instagram. So thank you guys so much for that. Uh, we're getting new listeners. It's awesome. Thank you to India and United Arab Emirates. I don't know what I did to deserve those fan bases, but I started them up apparently. And Puerto Rico as well. Thank you for that. Uh, uh, yeah, so make sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen Spotify, YouTube, Google, a podcast, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Breaker. I believe I said them all. And wherever else that I did not fully establish that. I can that you can find me out there somewhere in the in the randomness of the internet. But thank you guys for watching uh, or listening. I will see you guys next time. And remember, no matter how terrible this team does against the Miami Marlins or a last place team, just remember there's an upside to this somewhere because it's always sunny in South Philadelphia. Take care, guys. I'll see you guys next week.